0: Lithium has been generic since the day it was released, but a branded formulation is under development that hopes to make the medication safer and easier to take. Welcome to the Carlat Psychiatry Podcast, keeping psychiatry honest since 2003.
1: I'm Chris Aiken, the Editor-in-Chief of the Carlat Psychiatry Report.
0: And I'm Kelly Newsom, a psych NP and a dedicated reader of every issue. 361 papers on lithium. That's what we combed through in 2023. And that's after removing the articles on batteries. In the end, we whittled it down to 25 papers that informed our practice. It was hard. It means we don't get to share how lithium is being repurposed as an anti-cancer drug, how lithium changes circadian rhythms in bees, and a study of what happens when you ask ChatGBT about lithium.
1: We also cut Two large analyses that, surprisingly, showed no significant weight gain on lithium, only non-significant trends. We covered those two papers last month in our November 13th podcast, the one on ketamine, six new findings, part two.
0: And this is part two, the final part of our lithium updates, and let's recap what we learned last week. One. Lithium has moved up to first-lining guidelines for the early course of bipolar disorder because it can nip the disease in the bud. The average patient is more likely to stay well, function well, and live longer on it. 2. Lithium may not have had the brand name shine of the atypical antipsychotics in bipolar depression, but we can compare the two because the trials that tested lithium enrolled a more severely ill and treatment-resistant group of patients. 3. Patients are more afraid of lithium than the antipsychotics, but in the end, they tend to stick with it longer and report fewer side effects on it. 4. Extended-release lithium is better tolerated than instant release, particularly when it comes to tremor. 5. Long-term lithium use doubles the risk of developing stage 3 renal failure, which means their EGFR has fallen to 60 or below. When it gets to that level, don't reflexively stop the medication but bring it down to the lowest effective level and get a renal consult. You can protect the kidneys further by keeping the level below 0.8 and giving the dose all at night. Today, we'll bring you papers that tell us what lithium levels to aim for and how to use lithium in special populations, the young, the old, and the postpartum period. We'll end with an exciting update from the FDA, which has paved the way for new formulation of lithium in clinical trials. But let's start at the beginning the very beginning. A look at lithium levels in breastfeeding infants.
1: For women with bipolar disorder, the riskiest time for a new episode is postpartum. During pregnancy, lithium has risks, but it can still be used. Rewind to our December 2022 episode on pregnancy and breastfeeding. For full details on that, this new study from Essi Heinonen and colleagues in Sweden brings reassurance for lithium during breastfeeding. They measured lithium levels in 30 infants who breastfed while their mothers took lithium, and they were close to zero, 0.06 to 0.10 was the range, with a tendency for those levels to decrease over time. However. Two of the three infants had higher levels, approaching the therapeutic range. So the conclusion here is that breastfeeding on lithium is possible, but only with close monitoring of the infant's levels.
0: Close monitoring of the infant. That sounds like a lot of trouble. Why bother with a medication that requires you to check blood levels in the infant when there are so many other psych meds to choose from? This next paper gives an answer an international team led by Chaitra Jarej developed the first treatment guidelines for postpartum psychosis. This devastating syndrome, which occurs in about 1 in 1,000 births, is a psychiatric emergency, and the recent batch of postpartum depression medications like xeranolone are not known to help because they excluded psychotic patients from their trials. Postpartum psychosis has a closer relationship to bipolar disorder than schizophrenia, and the new guidelines recommend three treatments, ECT, antipsychotics, and lithium. Lithium, they conclude, has the best evidence for relapse prevention and prophylaxis in PPP.
1: Pregnancy is iffy territory for lithium, but age, not so much. This year, Two reviews looked at lithium in the young and old and concluded that it's a go. A few years ago, the FDA lowered the age limit for lithium use in bipolar disorder down to age 7, and an umbrella review this year concluded that the evidence behind that is sound. Separately, another paper from Julia Kristol and colleagues in Germany surveyed geropsychiatry experts for their opinion On lithium in the elderly, and they found a solid consensus. 100% of experts considered lithium appropriate for older patients with bipolar disorder, or who needed augmentation in recurrent depression or treatment-resistant depression, and for older patients with suicide prevention. Their full paper is full of tips on how to use lithium in the elderly, and it's free online, if you search in PubMed for Lithium Therapy in Old Age Recommendations from a Delphi Survey, that's D-E-L-P-H-I. All of the papers in this podcast are also linked in the script on the Carlat Report website. And here's one pearl from that lithium paper. While most patients need lithium levels of 0.6 to 0.8 for maintenance therapy in bipolar disorder, or for treatment of depression, the targets are lower for the elderly, and here they are. For ages 60 to 79, aim for 0.4 to 0.8, instead of 0.6 to 0.8. And if your patient is older than age 80, aim for 0.4 to 0.7.
0: Here's a fun paper. Some parts of the world have lithium in the drinking water, and people who grow up with that super low dose on tap have lower rates of dementia, suicide, and criminal behavior. But how low is the dose? This next paper from an international team of public health researchers points the way. Let's assume someone drinks the maximum recommended daily allowance of water, 3.7 liters a day. Nearly every locale has some lithium in the water, and the body requires trace amounts of lithium to survive. But the daily dose from a full allowance of water is very low in most locales, around 0.02 milligrams per day. The highest levels are in Mexico, 8 milligrams a day. And that's close to some of the ultra-low doses used to prevent dementia, but far lower than the lowest pharmacy dose of 150 milligrams.
1: Where I live in North Carolina, the groundwater dose goes up to 3 milligrams a day in some areas, especially near the mountains. Lithium trickles from the Appalachian Mountains, particularly Kings Mountain, which is 30 miles south of Charlotte, North Carolina, and is the largest lithium deposit in the U.S. But lithium is not an elixir of health, and few things in life do all good and no harm. So far, we don't know if there's any clear harm from trace lithium in the drinking water, except one study showed a possible link to autism in pregnant women who are exposed to lithium in the water, but that's very iffy and needs replication.
0: And now for a preview of the CME quiz. Earn CME for each podcast through the link in the show notes. 1. Which lifestyle change can lower lithium levels? A. Switching to instant release formulation. B. Switching to a low soap diet. C. Intensive exercise. And D. Sleep disruption. Our next studies look at lithium levels. First, a quick update. A few years ago, the International Society for Bipolar Disorder put out new recommendations for lithium levels, 0.6 to 0.8, for long-term treatment in bipolar. And that's lower than some older guidelines. And part of the thinking is that lithium is much better tolerated, and patients are more likely to stick with it in those levels. Indeed, a few papers from the past year found lower rates of renal problems when the level is kept below 0.8. The same 0.6 to 0.8 range is recommended for acute bipolar and unipolar depression. But you can go slightly higher for bipolar mania. Children also need 0.6 to 0.8, but older adults need lower levels. And here, the ISBD has new guidance. For ages 60 to 79, aim for 0.4 to 0.8. Above age 80, aim for 0.4 to 0.7.
1: But what if you could check your level more often than the usual 6 to 12 months? How steady would it be? This next study from Inaki Zurilla and colleagues in Spain, looked at that scenario. Every two weeks they checked lithium levels and correlated it with various lifestyle factors, mainly diet, weight, and activity and sleep patterns as measured by an actograph. Here's what they found. Sleep, diet, alcohol, and drug use had no impact on lithium levels although we should point out that they didn't look at switching to a low-salt diet, which is known to raise lithium. The two things that lowered lithium levels were physical activity and an increase in weight. Specifically, an increase of 10,000 daily steps lowered lithium levels by 0.05 milliequivalents per liter which is about equal to lowering the daily dose by 200 milligrams. Why? We don't know. But it might be that people excrete more lithium as they sweat. Obesity was also associated with lower lithium levels. As people gained weight, their levels went down a teeny bit. And this finding is backed by other studies, and here we know the reason. It's not that you need more lithium to fill a bigger body size, it's because people who are overweight get rid of lithium faster through their kidneys.
0: This year, the FDA gave the green light to a new branded formulation of lithium that aims to make the medication safer and easier to take. Liprocell pairs lithium with the amino acid proline and salicylate, otherwise known as aspirin, to allow more of it to cross the blood-brain barrier and enter the CNS. That way, patients can get therapeutic brain levels with a lower serum level, potentially lowering the risk of physical side effects. Specifically, this formulation allows 20% lower serum levels. The new lithium was created 10 years ago at the University of South Florida, and it is being developed by the Atlanta-based Alzheimer's Pharmaceuticals for four potential indications. Alzheimer's disease, PTSD, major depression, and bipolar. We spoke with their CEO, Stefan Jackman.
1: How did this discovery of crystallized lithium come about?
2: So, yeah, so um, the inventors at the University of South Florida, of course, had family members suffering from bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, and were on a lithium regimen. You know, they saw that the benefit, you know, that lithium is extremely efficacious. However, they said, you know, okay, they have to have their blood monitored and, you know, just the side effects in general. And they said, you know, how can we invent something or, or create a lithium product to minimize the side effects? And it took about 10 years to, you know, to invent this product. And Alzheimer's was formed in 2016 because the founder of the organization Alzheimer's has not skipped a generation on both his side and his wife's side. They were watching television. And one of the inventors of the product was being interviewed on Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And they said, hey, we need to look into this, you know, and they reached out to the university and they said, well, you can license the product and take it out. Right. And and they had no idea what to do. They said, okay, we'll license it and we'll form a company and we'll look and see how we can kind of get this product to market.
1: What is the new lithium formulation made of?
2: So our lithium is an ionic crystal of lithium, delivering lithium combined with lithium, salicylate, and proline. As you know, salicylic acid is aspirin, so it's an anti-inflammatory, and then proline is an amino acid. Then it's called crystallized, so the new picture, sugar salt crystals. That's the product. Uh, the beauty of that is that it gives the product greater biodistribution and greater bioavailability. So it allows your body to absorb and process it that much better. Okay. It would be the uh, same chemical formulation for Alzheimer's, bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, and
1: PTSD. Now the dosage may be different. Is the brand name going to be liprocal? So Liprosal is
2: basically the name that was given by the inventors, L-I-P-R-O-S-A-L. So basically it's lithium, salicylate, and proline. We, don't, we do not have a working brand name currently. It's something that, um, that will be revealed you know, as we enter our phase 2B and phase 3. So we're moving into clinical trials. and so what we're looking to do is measure lithium within the brain. So what we're looking to do is to compare our lithium to the current marketed lithium the patients, of course, be into control. What they would do, they would take the current market of lithium for two weeks and then wash out and then take our lithium. So what we're going to show is the difference between our lithium in terms of in the brain compared to the current market of lithium.
0: Alzheimer hopes this new formulation will be safe enough that laboratory monitoring will not be required. Those are bold ambitions, and we look forward to what the data shows. Read our full journal online and get $30 off your subscription with a promo code podcast. And want to support the podcast? Share an episode with a friend. Text it to them with the share arrow in your podcast app. Or write a review in the podcast store. We read every one of them. The Carlat Report continues to operate without receiving a single dime from the pharmaceutical industry.